podcast that explores the what if during historical events. I am your host, the Dr. Philip Reese, alongside Pug, the Parallel Universe Generator. Pug, say hello. If you're unfamiliar with our podcast, Pug is key to each and every episode. Pug is a computer application built in order to produce parallel timelines. So what does all that mean? Here is an example of a past show. Hell, the whole month of February, we explored reconstruction. In fact, the episodes were called What If Reconstruction Was Successful During Post-Civil War America. I entered that information into Pug. Thank you, Pug. You're welcome, Doctor. Pug then generates a parallel timeline using that historical information. Pug then prints out the data, and then I read out that data to you, the audience. It's a unique podcast because, yes, we do explore history, but we really dig into those what ifs. We release new episodes every single Monday, so please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you do not miss anything. So if you're listening to this podcast the day it was released, which is March 9th, that day should be familiar with most hip hop heads. That was the day. March 9th, 1997, when one notorious B.I.G. was murdered out in L.A. Now, most said that he had no business being in L.A. The whole East Coast, West Coast feud was still at its peak, even though Tupac died a couple of months prior. Big was one of my favorite rappers growing up, so I wanted to make sure we do an episode on him, just like how we did with Tupac back in season one. Back then, we said, what if Tupac was not assassinated in Las Vegas? In this episode, we are going to explore Biggie's death. In fact, the episode is called, What If the Notorious B.I.G. Was Not Murdered? Again, one more time, What If the Notorious B.I.G. Was Not Murdered? In 1997. Pug, are you ready with your calculations? What if? Notorious B.I.G. was not murdered. Project 2581999. Calculations complete. Well, thank you, Pug, or the Notorious P.U.G. I'm going to go ahead and grab those bullet points, and then we will be right back. Talk to you soon. Thank you again for providing this week's bullet points. Again, what if Biggie Smalls was not murdered back in 1997? And it looks like, according to Pug, he still went to L.A. in 1997 for the Soul Train Music Awards. It looks like he still went out there, but Pug is saying that he left right after that event. Pug is saying that he did not go to any after parties or any other events that night. He was in and out. It was him, Little C's, and a few others that returned to New York that same night. Pug is also saying that Sean Puffy Combs, he tried to convince Biggie 
to stay. In fact, Puffy did not return with Biggie back to New York. Overall, Pug is saying that Big just did not feel safe on the West Coast. He still felt the heat. Even in this current timeline, if you recall, Biggie was booed a little bit during that Soul Train Music Awards. So, he felt the heat. Puffy and his entourage, they still went to a few after parties that night. And guess what? On March 9th, at 2.30 a.m., West Coast time, mind you, Puffy and his entourage, they left that infamous Vibe magazine after party. Just like in this current timeline, the only difference is that the notorious B.I.G. was not with him. He was already at home in Brooklyn, chilling. By 12.45 a.m., the streets, they were crowded in L.A. because of this after party. If you recall, in this current and parallel timeline, Pug is saying, they started to kick people out of that party because there was too many people there. So Puffy and his entourage, they hop into the SUV. And just like in this current timeline, they had to stop at a red light near the event. A couple of seconds later, a dark colored Impala pulls right next up to the SUV Puffy is in. And of course, shots are fired into the SUV. A couple of seconds later, of course, the Impala pulls off and chaos follows the whole streets are panicked gunshots just went off luckily pug is saying that nobody was injured and nobody was shot puffy was not hit now if you recall in our current timeline that was the death of big he died during that drive-by shooting but since he was in new york at the time he is still alive. Now, of course, the news of this drive-by, it starts to spread. Keep in mind, there was no social media back in 1997, so it was a little bit slower to pour out. Biggie, he still gets that phone call about the event soon after. His only words? I told Puff not to stay out there. That was his only words. I told Puff not to stay out there. This incident was the first of many to come that was going to fracture the relationship between Big and Puffy. This was also the first time when Big started not to trust Puff either. He started to feel that it was more business than anything else when it came to Puff. Big knew his life was in danger. He never wanted to go out there, period. It was Puffy who pushed the issue. It was Puffy who said, no, we need to make this money. And what happened? Big was right. He knew that there was going to be trouble. He left, and now he is still alive. He's also highly paranoid now, too. On March 25th, 1997, Life After Death is still released. That's the infamous double album that came out in this current timeline 
16 days after the shooting. Of course, Big is still alive, so he is able to promote this new album the correct way. Hypnotize was already released on March 1st and still had major airplay. So, of course, during the interviews to promote this highly successful album, the shooting would keep on coming up. Big would answer that question the same way over and over again. He said that he was glad that he listened to his gut and not Puffy, and he is blessed that he left. He also said that he wanted to squash all the violence and that he had no clue what's going to reach this point. He even reached out to people like Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, The Dog Pound, DJ Quick, and others to help stop all of this craziness. And it did work. Most people at the time viewed this as, we already lost Tupac, we don't want to lose another rapper. The album, Life After Death, was still a huge hit in this parallel timeline, according to Pug. Still went platinum multiple times this was still a huge hit it had crossover appeal everybody was listening to it in the summer of 1997 just like in this current timeline in this parallel universe it was the album to have in 1997 later on of course in 97 bad boy they wanted to release a second single from the album big he wanted the next release to be My Downfall, the song that was featuring Run DMC. Puff Daddy, on the other hand, he wanted something more commercial friendly. He was pushing for more money, more problems. The song that featured not only Puff, but also Mace. Now, since Big had no control over what can and cannot be released when it comes to singles, more money, more problems was still released. Puffy, he wanted to do this because, again, it had more crossover appeal and because he wanted to promote not just himself, but also Mace, who was new to the bad boy family. This, too, it pissed off Big a little bit. This is the second time where Puffy is doing things that Big just does not like. He doesn't like the direction that bad boy is going. In fact, the video still happened. And Puff wanted Biggie to get into one of those shiny suits. And Big was not having it. Big was like, I am not wearing that shit. Excuse my language. But that's what Big said, according to Pug. I am not wearing that shit. He also said that he did not even want to release the song as a single. It doesn't represent him. He wanted to do something more raw, more uncut, more hip hop. Puff, he kept on pushing for things that was more commercial. And this did piss off Puff because he wanted to make big, more commercial, more mainstream. He knew that he had the personality. He just wanted to put him on the bigger stage. Overall, the video was still shot. Puff and Mace, they still had on the shiny suits in some parts of the video. Big, he never wore a shiny suit, period. It was at the same time when Big started to push for his own sub-label under Bad Boy. He wanted to have more creative control over his name 
and the product that he puts out to the streets. A deal was made between Puffy and Biggie, allowing Big to have his own sub-label. It was called Notorious Records. Big, he still went on to help Puffy write lyrics on Puff Daddy's album, No Way Out. And this was all part of Puffy's bigger vision when it came to giving the B.I.G. his own record label underneath Bad Boy. Puff's vision was that he wanted to put more money behind Mace, who Puff felt like he was going to be more commercial and be able to cross over a little bit more. He was going to be able to market him a little bit better than Big. And then when it comes to Biggie's label, Notorious, Big was able to sign all of the raw talent and put out more raw hip-hop. He didn't have to worry about that commercial appeal. In fact, Puffy moved the locks over from Bad Boy to Big's label. So on this parallel timeline, the locks, they never wore shiny suits either. Also, a couple of other events in 1997 before we move on. The firm that still flopped. That was with Nas, AZ, and Foxy Brown. That album sucked in this current timeline and in this parallel timeline. Jay-Z in My Lifetime, Volume 1. That was still released, but it was more raw. He was kind of following along with what Big was pushing. Master P, he was still able to release Ghetto D along with other No Limit albums. He was still a hit. He was still a star. He was still pulling in a gap for Tupac. Mining piece trash, in my opinion. But in this current and parallel universe, he was still able to get his way and sell some albums. Nothing's wrong with that. Let's move on to 1998. We're going to start with Jay-Z. He still releases Volume 2, Hard Knocks Life. But, Pug is saying, it's not called Hard Knocks Life because he never gets the beat to the song. That beat goes to Mace. And he continued to go non-commercial and more raw hip-hop. In Volume 2, the hip-hop heads, they loved it. They loved it, but it had no commercial appeal. And it merely went platinum. Jay-Z does not become the star like in this current timeline. Because that Volume 2 album just did not put him on that platform. As well as Big is still alive. So there was no need for a Jay-Z in this parallel universe. In the long run, he does not marry Beyonce either. Then in February. Whoa. Am I reading this right, Pug? In February. Pug is saying the hip-hop world was stunned because Snoop Dogg left death row, just like in our current timeline. Okay, I follow you. But he signs with Notorious Records, not No Limit. So Pug, you're saying that Snoop Dogg signs with Notorious B.I.G.'s record company? This is huge. Pug is also saying that Puffy had no clue. Because if he did, he would assign them to Bad Boy's main label and not the Notorious label. According to Pug, Big gave Snoop Dogg full creative control. And, of course, they made a single. 
Pug is saying the single is called Lost Cause, and it was a classic. From what Pug is saying, this single gave their viewpoints when it came to the East Coast, West Coast rivalry. A side note, I'm pretty sure B.I.G. was a fan of Snoop Dogg because on both of his albums, he gave Snoop a shout out. If you recall, on Ready to Die, during the intro, when he was going through all of the different phases of hip-hop and as he was growing up in New York, when he was getting out of jail, the one Snoop Dogg song was playing in the background. That was a low-key shout-out, I think. And then on Life After Death, the very first song, there was a lyric saying, I'm trying to sell records like Snoop. Oops. So two times he gave Snoop a shout-out. I personally could not find anything on the internet to support that. I'm just thinking that he likes Snoop Dogg. So it does make sense if Big was still alive and he had his own record company and Snoop was looking to get out of death row, he would join his record company. Snoop Dogg was able to release his album later on in 1998, and it was a success, and it was a sign that the whole East Coast, West Coast feud finally ended, which was a good thing. Now, there were some people in L.A. who called Snoop a traitor for signing with Big's label. Of course, you're going to have that. But overall, it was all about the music at this point. It was all about the music. When it came to Puffy, No Way Out, that still came out. It was a hit, but it was too commercial. Because Big was still alive and he was pushing for more non-commercial hits and more grittier, rawer songs, the nation as a whole was moving towards that as well. So, No Way Out, it sold records, but people did not buy into it. And this really impacted Mace's album that was coming out a year later. Mace, if you recall, was still underneath Puffy's Bad Boy label, meaning more commercial hits. They released Mace's album, Harlem World, and it was a flop. It was a flop. The lyrics were there, but it was too commercial, and it wasn't what the people wanted at the time. This also impacted Nas. Nas, he started to go more raw again. He stopped producing commercial hits. So you did not see Nas creating trash for 10 years straight. He stayed the course and stuck to his lyrics. He followed what B.I.G. was trying to do, where it was all about the lyrics. Um, Throughout 1999, he still had the rise of the South. He still had No Limit. They were still kicking out records after records after records. Then he also had the Birdman, Lil Wayne, the whole Cash Money crew. They still came about as well. No change there. Less people were buying it. It was just a new style. But it was not as big in this parallel timeline like in this current timeline. Both the Bad Boy label and the Notorious label, they were still huge in the late 90s. If you wanted to make music, that's who you signed with. If you wanted to go commercial, you signed with Puffy. 
if you wanted to be more raw, more hip hop, less commercial, the way the whole nation was moving at this point, you signed with Notorious. It was still all the same company. It was just a sub label. So they were both making money still. When it came to Jay-Z, he's not as big as a star in this parallel timeline. Again, that comes down to that comes down to the fact that Big was never killed. So there was no gap to be filled. It's kind of like how when Michael Jordan, when he retired the second time, the second time from Chicago and for a couple of years, it felt like there was a gap because he left too soon. Something was missing and someone had to fill that void. Same thing here. When Biggie died, as well as Tupac, there was a huge void in the hip hop world. Jay-Z, he filled that void. But because Big is still alive in this parallel timeline, there was no need to fill that void. Jay-Z, he's all about the lyrics still, but he never has that crossover success like how he does now. Um, when it comes to Little C's, he still has a, the, the same career. I mean, he did release an album, but it wasn't nothing major. It was almost just like another B.I.G. album. Nothing there. Um, Little Kim, she does not get all of that work done to her face. So she still looks normal, which is a good thing. Luckily, because he still is alive, there's a ton of collaborations that he was able to do with all sorts of rappers. Of course, he did one with Big Pun. They're both big. We all saw that coming. It was like when Old Dirty Bastard and Buster Rhymes did that one remix. He also did songs with Timberland. He never did one with Dr. Dre. He never did one with Dr. Dre for some reason. He did link up with Ice Cube, Andre 3000. He did link up with Eminem a little bit down the line as well, too. Overall, the rap game still changes like all music will. I think the one thing that Pug is pointing out is the fact that because Big was still alive, there was more emphasis on lyrics. But that only lasted up until around 2005, 2006, from what Pug is saying. After that, the rap game still started to change overall. Pug is also saying that there is no Kanye West in this parallel timeline. Well, I'm not going to say there is no Kanye West, but Pug is saying that he was never discovered. It's because... Yes, there still is a Rockefeller label, but it's not as big in this parallel timeline. So Kanye West, he was never discovered. And that is our show for the week. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to know more about Histories What If, just head to our website. It's at www.historieswhatif.com. There you can find information about myself, the Dr. Philip Reese, as well as Pug, the Parallel Universe Generator, as well as videos we made highlighting certain TV shows, books, or movies that I like. We're also on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Just look for at Histories What If and make sure you follow us. If you like what you hear, great. Make sure you leave a review on whichever podcast service that you listen to. That way, we can hear your feedback. 
Well, that is going to do it for us this week. Thank you again for tuning in. We will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.